Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we've changed the formula around a little bit this week because we finally found it. We found the film that tired us out so much we couldn't record it on the same day <laughs> yeah. as watching the film. Yeah, so uh, this week's film is Batman and Robin. And yes. we watched it last night. Usually we'll watch a film just before recording this, so it's it's fresh in the mind. Um, but Jesus Christ, this film went on for a long time. Uh, do you know what? It's... <laughs> It's not even that long. It's just two hours. Like, Silence of the Lambs was two hours, I believe. Yeah. Like, we've covered other two-hour films. But this... I mean, it's not like we've never seen it before, right? So, we're both when, we, when we were both younger, I think both of us would have, you know, really enjoyed this film. I watched this film in the cinema when it came out. So, I would have been nine years old. And I remember loving it. I thought it was great. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I thought Poison Ivy was fantastic as a, a villain. Um, well, I wouldn't have called it camp at the time, but no. the camp aspects I thought were fan, you know, fantastic. And um, it's sort of got a lot of hate over the years, and I, I never rewatched it until last night. See, I mean, I, I did. didn't really understand where all the hate came from. No, I mean, I did. Now I do. I, 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 as well, as well, I watched it when I was younger. Loved it, had all the action figures. I was obsessed. I, I nearly won the VHS out. It, you know, that, and the other Batman films as well. The first four films, you know, I love them so much. And Batman, Batman Returns, I still do. I still think they're classics. Um... Batman Forever, very on the fence about. I need to rewatch it. It's, yeah, I think it was a sign of things to come with this. Um, yeah, and with this, I I rewatched it a few years ago, and it just you know obviously fell into the so bad it's good side of things. You know, I found it hilarious how terrible it was. But the problem is, when we watch films like that, you know, if we watch them like that, then they're a lot of fun. When we sit down and have to analyse every fucking scene, Jesus Christ. This Watching this film felt like a real chore. It really felt painful because it was the same thing over and over again yeah. for two hours. I, I literally got so fed up that I stopped making notes. It's crazy yeah, to I just think. Stop paying attention. It's crazy to think this is the same franchise that has uh, been rebooted and and spawned films like The Dark Knight and Joker, and it's insane how that can come from something like this. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm not what you would call a comic book aficionado, and I'm not. Until I met you, Gary, I didn't really watch comic book films. I mean, I watched this when I was younger. Yes. Um, but after that, I didn't, I wasn't well versed in Marvel or, or DC. I didn't really know the difference if I'm being honest. Um, there was a little out of ignorance if I'm being honest. I, I didn't really want, want to watch them. Um, and I've watched some recently within the last few years and really enjoyed them and, and seen how good comic book films can be in the right hands. 
this film was not in the right hands. No, and I think that's the problem. So this is directed by Joel Schumacher, an openly gay man who has slept with 20,000 men. I knew you were going to bring up 20, that Well, when you, when you Google Joel Schumacher, this is what comes up. He He's very proud that he slept with 20,000 men. Um, yeah, who the fuck could find time for that? I know, he makes all these films as well. I mean, so I'm it's... on 10,000 at the moment. Oh, f- go for but... myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this is the same director who made The Fantastic Phone Booth and Lost Boys, one of my favourite films of all time. Um, you know, it's incredible because it's weird how much of Lost Boys translates over to this film because you look at the motorbike racing... Corey Haim is in it for a second. Uh, yeah, the the yeah. motorbike racing, like, even when they're, you know, it's all these different things, like the gang in the cave when Poison Ivy and Bane break in, that's sort of, like, reminiscent of the Lost Boys cave. Yeah. And I don't get why he'd try and revis- revisit something like that and add it into... Because, I mean, the Lost Boys works because it's camp. Batman, I know there's the Adam West TV series, and if anything, this is closer in tone to that. But... If you look at Batman comics from, you know, from the 70s and the 80s and such, it's not, it's not always happy, you know, cartoony comic books. He's called the Dark Knight for a reason. I mean, not just because he wears a black suit. These comic books are dark. I mean, you look at the later films, they're dark. Even Tim Burton's Batman films, they're dark. I don't know why Joel Schumacher thought everybody wanted to see this. It's, I, I think it's a bit harsh to put it all on Joel Schumacher. And when I say in the wrong hands, I do partly mean Joel Schumacher. Um, I also think that a lot of the cast um, did not do their best work. No. Um, but also, you've got to take into account the studio, you know, and the, the effect that studios have on films um, is massive. Yeah, and I don't completely blame Joel Schumacher because, I mean, if we watched the making of documentary and you could tell through a lot of that, a lot of it was out of his hands. Um, I yeah. mean, basically, the studio wanted him to make a toy commercial, which is where The Phantom Menace went wrong, the Star Wars film mm-hmm. in 1999, because, every, again, George Lucas was doing it for a toy commercial, basically. Really? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I well, think... I bought the toys, so it must have Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the films in the 90s, a lot of kids' films, they did fall into that trap. And you can tell throughout watching this, it does look like everything was made specifically to be a toy. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, everything looks... Everything actually does look kind of plasticky. Yeah. Especially, especially the suits, the rubber we'll suits. We'll get to that. Which we'll get to the, those. But the only part I blame Joel Schumacher on is the fact that as I was getting at where, you know, Batman is this dark character, Joel Schumacher started every shoot with, remember, this is a cartoon. Yeah. And camp has a place in culture. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the Batman TV series with Adam West yeah. had its place. Absolutely. And from what I've seen, you know, I've enjoyed sitting there watching it. I'll sit here and watch something campy. Oh, yeah. You know, and thoroughly enjoy it if it's done right. Yeah. Camp is not bad pun after bad pun after bad pun. Exactly. But some of the camp elements in this film, 
do work. Not for the right reasons. But look at Poison Ivy. Us, two gay men, absolutely fucking love Poison Ivy. Yeah. Worshipped her. She was fucking slain the game all the way through. Yeah. But that isn't going to translate over to everybody. No. And I, and plus, just because there's some Slay Queens in it does not mean it's a good film. No, and it doesn't mean that Uma Thurman gives a great No. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, just looking at some of the facts here, George Clooney, uh, he... He always says that um, the film was a waste of money. Uh, it killed the franchise. He even whenever a fan goes up to him and says they didn't enjoy it, he refunds them there and then. <laughs> he gives them the money back. Now, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, then that is bizarre. Um, but he's also said it's the biggest break he ever had. He doesn't regret it because it got him into Hollywood. Yeah. See, you had a lot of the stars of this, this film were at their A-list, sort of A-game. Um... George Clooney was probably not the most famous person no. going into the film. He was uh, starring in ER at the time, which was a popular TV series. He'd been in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, but this was, you know, his first big break. And yeah. he, he's fully right in saying it. His first major role in a big studio film with a big wide release, you know, and... It's those sort of films that make you a household name. Oh, yeah. You know, The Rock, someone like that, you know, he's not he's not making the grittiest of films, but he's a household name because of the, the fun action flicks that he makes, which is what this film should have been. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you've got people like Uma Thurman, I think, falls into the same category. I mean, really, all she had done prior to this would have been... Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. She, she oh, no. two years from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So she she was, you know, at her A-game yeah. two years previous. Alicia Silverstone, she... Two years previous, again. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, but Alicia Silverstone was in Clueless two yeah. years before. Uh, Chris O'Donnell... He was in everything Chris O'Donnell, though, weren't yeah, he? Yeah, he'd been in the previous Batman. He's probably the least famous of all the people in the Yeah. Film. Arnold, you know, Arnold was huge after Terminator 2. Massive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chris O'Donnell, <laughs> he had the most to say in that making of. Do you know, it's one, of the most, it's one of the most honest making ofs I've ever seen. Like, everyone in that documentary is like, yeah, no, we had a terrible time. Like, no one... Yeah, I don't think they said they had a terrible time, but I, I think... They knew they knew that it was gonna the be, film yeah. being made wasn't as good as it could have been no. or should have been. Now, Chris O'Donnell thought it was rushed. Yeah. Uh, George Clooney wasn't exactly comfortable with the suit. Uh, Alicia Silverstone didn't even know there was a Batgirl. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this was originally going to be the start of a shared universe with Nicolas Cage playing Superman in Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Oh. Imagine how great that could have been. Wonderful. <laughs> that just would have been... I, I don't even have the words for it, how perfect. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage as Superman. It would have been the same as this. It would have been camp as fuck. But it would have been so entertaining. But it would have been in Tim Burton's hands. True. So, who knows what he would have done with Superman. Well, Tim Burton's Batman films were rated 15 here in the UK. This was rated PG, so I think that was already 
a first sign of uh, yeah. the dramatic tone change. And Batman yeah. Forever, I think that was a 12, so that wasn't... Yeah, that was slightly... I mean, Batman Forever is a fairly dark film. The only thing that makes that film camp is Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. And Tommy Lee Jones uh, hams it up quite a bit as Two-Face as well. Um, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's not really an important film. It is what it is. Um, Yeah, so Chris O'Donnell also revealed that he and Arnie never worked a single day together, thanks to stand-ins. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So how are you meant to get a good performance from someone when they're acting with someone who's not even there? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you look at Lord of the Rings and anything that uses a CGI character. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I think the reason there's no good performances in this film is because they all thought it was a waste of time. Yeah. Kane Hodder was originally going to be Bane. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't tall enough. You wouldn't have known anyway. I, I know, yeah. And the budget was $125 million. Dollars, wow. of course. Yeah. Just in case, yeah. Did it make money? Oh, it made I money. Feel of like course it made, it made money. money. Yeah, I yeah, feel like yeah. It made money. Yeah, yeah, it made money. It would have been a, a critically a bomb, but um, I think money wise. I mean, I went to see it. You know. Everyone I knew went to see it. Well, shall we get on with it? Yeah, might as well crack on. The plot is Batman and Rowan try to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivory from freezing Gotham. Yes. (laughs) Really? Keeping their relationship together? That's a tiny plot point in this massive film. Oh, it's something that keeps cropping up. But it's not... They could have just, the plot could have just been Batman and Robin trying to stop Mr. Freeze and that'd be it. And Poison Ivy. And Poison Ivy. And Bane, but everyone forgets about him. And we'll soon find out why. So it opens with the Batman score, which I really like the Batman score from the uh, the old school Batman films. Yeah. yeah. It was a good, good score. It is. Uh, it wouldn't fit in, obviously, the rebooted films, but, you know, good score. Mm. Um, it's uh, playing over a really stylish... Opening credit sequence, and that's the most style you'll see throughout the entire film. Because then we get bat nips, bat crotch, bat ass suiting up. We do from from the get go. We're welcome to the film with some nipples, some ass, and some crotch. Yeah. So, have any thoughts? <laughs> I haven't really. Have any thoughts of being a child in the cinema and the first thing you see is George Clooney's cock on the big screen? Well, you know, maybe that was a turning point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was maybe, for all of us. Maybe that's why you rewatched it over and over again. It probably was. I did remember, I do remember as a child, it triggered something in my mind, the the bat suit, something was unusual with it, couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. I think I, a lot's been said about the nipples. Yeah. Um, we are welcome to the film with some nipples, and I, I think maybe if they didn't do that, it wouldn't have been such a, a big issue, but well, it, it is a bit strange to, to see the nipples on there. Joel Schumacher wanted to model them... After Greek gods, and apparently that was a really important thing. They all had erect nipples. Great. I, I don't, I don't I, you know, you could have been more subtle about it, to be fair. Well, we're soon distracted from the uh, bat bits by uh, 
by a lovely cheesy one-liner from, uh, well, not so much a one-liner, but a statement from Robin, where he says, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And what does Batman say to him? This is why Superman works alone. (sighs) There we go. So maybe this was the inkling of the shared, I hate the term, but cinematic universe. This could have invented cinematic universes. This could have. This could have been the precursor to the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Oh, imagine. And the D- DCU. DC Extended Universe. Okay. There we go. So, George Clooney doesn't even try disguising his voice as Batman. No, he doesn't actually. <laughs> and if I remember right, I think it was similar with Val Kilmer, if I remember right. But he just talks like Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like when he's having these presentations and everything, how does no one know that's him? It's so obvious. Robin's even worse because that tiny mask. Yeah. Even in the comic books and every other adaptation of Robin. That's so stupid. It's the tiniest mask. Yes. It's so obvious that's him. And then the same for Batgirl later on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Barbara and Master Dick. Master Dick. <laughs> Master Dick, <laughs> as he's known. <laughs> it's so obvious it's them. So, uh, we get them going out in the Batmobile and uh, Robin's shitty bat bike thing. And uh, Commissioner Gordon... Gives uh, Batman a call. Now, I love Commissioner oh, Gordon in this Commissioner film. Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, I love his involvement in this film. Is that Gary Oldman? No, in, it's not in the Gary Oldman. No, but in the... Oh, yes, in it the, is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan film. It is. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I thought you were asking if that was Gary Oldman I in this film. That was Gary Oldman <laughs> in this film. It's Michael Goff, who was no, in... Orf- Michael Goff is Alfred. No, that's Pat Thingy. Romanian professionalism. Please research this. Okay, will you carry on with... Yeah, so Commissioner Gordon, he pops up in this film to say random shit and then just disappears. That is that is his sole purpose throughout. <laughs> it, there's a classic bit coming up with Poison Ivy, but we'll get to that in a minute. But he pops up, tells Batman, Mr. Freeze is fucking up shit at a museum, um, history museum in Gotham. So... They go on their merry way to go and stop him. And Arnie's freezing the cops. And we get our first ice pun where it says, The Iceman cometh. And then he steals a diamond. So Pat Hingle is Commissioner Gordon. Oh, okay. I got the other way around. Michael Goff is Alfred Pennyworth. Well, either way, both of those are the only cast members that's returned for each film in the first four Batman films. Cool. Um, yeah, we get 27 ice puns. But that's a small number of puns amongst a film that is full of puns. It's and it, this. I, I, it's overpowering. Yeah, I think we need to talk about the pun bit early on because the the point I'd like like to make is that in the Adam West TV series there were lots of puns, camp, cheesy, yeah, whatnot. They were half an hour episodes, so <laughs> you know the pun to runtime ratio was. Fairly high, but, you know, you, you probably got a handful of puns each episode. Whereas with a two-hour film, the puns just keep coming and coming and coming, and there's no end to them. Kind of sounds like Joel Schumacher's sex life. Uh, anyway. 
Um, so you understand what I mean? Yeah, oh, you know, no, absolutely. That's TV all it is. Show each week. Yeah, that's it. But but for two hours, it's exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. And you love a good pun. I love a good pun. I think, you know, a play on words is hilarious. But not in this fucker. Well, Batman shows up and half asked says, uh, Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. <laughs> You've got, like, Michael Keaton's like, I'm Batman. You've got fucking Christian Bale, I'm Batman. Like, this real atmospheric way of saying the name. It's always the moment you wait for in a Batman film. And then you get George Clooney, like, I am Batman. Cool. <laughs> and speaking of cool, uh, Mr. Freeze then says to him, you're not sending me to the cooler. Yeah. <sighs> so we get an oddly dressed hockey team from hell. Yeah, they're referred to as a hockey team from hell. They're, they're dressed really weird. Like, they just look really trampy. Yeah, they look like cavemen. I mean, speaking of half-assed, hello, wardrobe department. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they look like cavemen. They're playing hockey with Robin, uh, with a diamond. Well, um, Batman and Robin, they fall on their asses, don't they? Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, they kick some skates out. And they some skates <laughs> come out of their sh- footwear. And I'm like, really? What? Why would they think to have those installed? Yeah. You know, this is their first encounter with... Uh, is it Doctor Freeze? Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze. Well, so that, that means that means, and they would have got those installed on their way whilst they were driving. Oh, that's clever. Oh, well done. No, someone must have fit them in for them. Because <laughs> they jumped straight off their vehicles into the museum. So where did they find the time to get those on? Exactly. Anyway, there's no point trying to make sense of it. So. Uh, yeah, they play hockey with Diamond for a while. Robin says swing. Yeah, really shit sort of fight sequences. Terrible fight sequence. Yeah. Before uh, Mr. Freeze puts an end to it by saying, "Who, <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Yeah? Yeah. And then they all fly out in some sort of rocket out of the museum. So oh, no, not... he freezes the dinosaur first. Oh, does he? Yeah, that dinosaur in the museum, he frees it. That's why he says, what killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. They just thought I'd get it out there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they fly off in Which Mr. Freeze's rocket. Phrase, you know. Make a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah, so they fly out in their rocket thing. Um, and Batman goes up with him. So Robin Batman's on the, on the inside with Mr. Freeze. Which was an elaborate plan, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, a very elaborate plan. And Master Dick is on the outside, uh, holding on for dear life. And this rocket's going to go up into space. Yeah. And then explode or shatter Um, in some way. So it will freeze Batman to death and then it'll explode and then freeze the whole of Gotham. Oh, okay. That one little rocket. Oh. Yeah. So Mr. Freeze says, freeze well. Um, he sends him up to uh, space, puts on his goggles, the only thing that looks similar to the Mr. Freeze from the comic books, because um, the rest of his suit certainly does not. And I, Do you know what? Credit where it's due. I thought the look of Mr. Freeze what, from far away, because he, he looked a bit weird up close and he had no eyebrows. 
but far away, I thought that was quite a good look. Oh, even in this scene where he um, gets his butterfly wings out. Well, no, no. <laughs> but I mean the suit and the lights and, you know, the, the blue bold dude in this suit. And, you know, and Arnold's, Arnold's a um, big guy, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, compared to Poison Ivy, who's some of her outfits look a bit... Don't you dare. Cheap. <gasps> Some of them do. Look. How dare you? Oh, what, those gloves? Okay, we're not talking about the gloves. We're talking about the rest of the outfit. Yeah, but um, I, I... Do you know what? Credit where it's due. I thought, as a villain, he looked quite good. Okay. Well, did you think the sky surfing looked good? Yes, I did. Because... Fantastic. <laughs> Robin saves Batman. Batman's fuming about it for some reason. Um, because it's part of the plot, sorry. What was the other film which we watched with really shit surfing? Escape from LA. Escape Be from LA. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. It's got another cult following. Escape like from Ghosts LA. in Mars. Was put... that from 97? I think it was. 97, the year of shit surfing oh, films. You are going to get hunted down. I put a bad review of that up on Horror Culture Shiver and... All those shady little bitches were fuming with me. I ain't scared. No, no one was happy that I didn't like Escape from LA. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> so, it's not Kurt Russell, unfortunately. Shit as well. Oh, you're really asking for it now. <laughs> Jesus. We're going to have no likes by the end of this episode. Uh, would you prefer the surfing in Escape from LA or the surfing in this? Uh, I prefer the surfing in Escape from LA okay. because it's got Kurt Russell... And, Don't um, you even talk about that other character because he pissed me off so much. Is it Bruce, it's Bruce Dern, isn't it? Bruce Dern. Was it Bruce Dern? Whoever yeah. it was recently died, didn't they? Yes, Bruce yeah. Dern. God rest his soul. I'm sure... Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think it was Bruce Dern then. Either way, the other character was fucking annoying, but he did recently die, so, you know, rest in peace. Um, but, yeah, Batman and Robin go sky surfing after Robin saves him. Robin says, cowabunga. He does say cowabunga. Come on, 90s. <sighs> yeah. So, they find Mr. Freeze. Robin jumps at him to uh, get the diamonds that he stole back. One thing I noticed is whenever Dr. Freeze... I know I was just bigging him up. Mr. Freeze. Oh, I keep writing Dr. Freeze He was a doctor, now. but his name's Mr. Freeze. Why is he not Dr. fucking Freeze if he was a doctor? Because that would be too easy. Mr. Freeze sounds like that snowman that I used to have when I was younger. It made uh, ice drinks. That's probably a product of Batman and Robin. Uh, <laughs> what was that called? The one where you had to crush the ice. Uh, Mr. Frosty. Mr. Frosty, that's the one. Um, yeah, but whenever Doctor Freeze uses his gun, there's a really harsh, flashing yeah, blue light. If you had epilepsy. Yeah. Now I, I'm not photosensitive, but even I was a bit like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. If you had on. epilepsy, you'd never have to watch this film. You know, at that point, you'd be questioning whether that's a bad thing or not. But, um, so, Robin jumps towards Mr. Freeze and gets frozen with this, uh, flashy gun. And, uh, Mr. Freeze says to him, stay cool, bird boy. There we go. And then he says, can you be cold, Batman? And then what, what the fuck was the point in that line? Mm. Can you be cold, Batman? Well, some of them are really shoehorned in. Yeah, so he says that, and then he escapes. Yeah, because Batman's emotions make him weak, and he's only got eleven minutes to save uh, Master Dick. Um, 
He shoves Master Dick in some hot water. Yeah, he does actually. That's but he how, makes the water hot. With his... Like a, uh, like a, you know. He has his bat heater. Fresh out the freezer, just shoves it in some <laughs> hot water. But it's cold water, but he has his bat heater. Oh, okay. Oh, he's bat heater. Yeah. And then we get introduced to Uma Thurman, um, who is Pamela Isley. And, uh, yeah, she's overacting to the extreme. And then we get this guy playing a doctor as a fucking nightmare. Yes, um, Uma Thurman's a, a greasy plant nerd, um, and she is, she looks awful, uh, which is the point, um, and then her colleague, apparently, whatever his name is, keeps nabbing all her venom samples and sneaking it into his lab, and, uh, she she goes in for a little nose, don't she? Yeah, conveniently, I mean, she's narrating this because she's recording it, the recordings don't go anywhere, but she's narrating us and then oh, we know the audience. Oh, she was talking to herself. No, she was. Uh, she had a tape recorder, I think. She does do a lot of talking to herself. She talks to herself a lot, though, throughout this the was, film, uh, Yeah, she? I believe she had a tape recorder in this scene. That's what she's like, let's go and investigate. And she's like telling the audience everything they're seeing. And, uh, yeah, this doctor guy is doing a presentation to about five people where he's got a guy in a... Uh, he puts a... Mexican wrestler mask on him. Yeah, so she's she's suspecting that he's stealing the venom and taking it into his lab. So she goes into the lab, it's on there, says, do not enter, all that crap. And when she goes in, it's this massive fucking room with, like, two floor levels to it, isn't there? Yeah. And there's five members of the... Ununited Nations. Did you get that? Yes. Uh, the Ununited Nations uh, who want to buy, you know, this killing machine that's been created by using the venom that Uma Thurman has... Uh, I'll just call it Poison Ivy. The Poison Ivy has um, found. So she's, like, suspecting it and was like, oh, he's in the lab keeping his secrets. Okay, there's a fucking massive echo in there. He's shouting. <laughs> He's shouting about it. <laughs> like, did you not hear him? Yeah. And then he has uh, someone strapped down, puts a Mexican wrestling mask on him, uh, injects him with venom, gets some shitty 90 special effects, and he becomes Bane. Is this how Bane's meant to look, then, with the wrestler mask? I think there's a variation... I don't know if it was created after this. I know there is a variation of him that does look like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can be said, really? He, this is meant to be Batman's strongest opponent. And honestly, he's just an embarrassment. He he just shouts things that people say. Like, he just repeats them over and over again throughout the film. It's fucking terrible. Um, this was an, an insult to... The comics, this, the way they portrayed this character, it was so embarrassing. Um, but uh, as soon as he comes to life, the annoying doctor says, uh, show off for daddy. Ooh. That's not the only time Joel Schumacher said that. Uh, you're upset. <laughs> it's an interesting story. It's what can not. I say? We do a whole podcast episode on uh, Joel Schumacher's sex life. <laughs> so, <laughs> Poison Ivy spotted. Um, and, uh, the Doctor has a bit of dialogue exchange of her. Now, between them two overacting, Jesus Christ, yeah, she's absolutely fuming with him. 
Yeah. This is not what her research was meant for. The whole scene is just them screaming at each other, basically. Yeah. So, she gets pushed into toxins, snakes and plants, and... Yeah, does uh, the floor just... Does she just fall into the floor? Yeah, basically. There was a hole already there. No, it just opens up for her. Because he, he says, I'm not good at rejection. I'm afraid you will have to die. And he just sort of pushes her. Yeah, she falls into a lot of stuff that falls into the floor. Yeah. So we get um, a switch between that and the Batcave, uh, where there's a bit of Mr. Freeze exposition. Oh, yeah. We find out he was a doctor. He was. Hence why I keep calling him Dr. Freeze. Uh-huh. Would you like to tell his backstory? Uh, he was a Nobel Prize winner whose wife was gravely ill and he fell into what I believe was some liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So he's trying to keep his wife alive using cold temperatures. And, um, yeah. So it so happens that his surname was Freeze all along, which is something I didn't know. Very convenient. Yeah, very convenient that his surname was Freeze. So his wife's Mrs. Freeze. Uh, <laughs> Nora Freeze. <laughs> yeah, Nora. Yeah. Nora Freeze. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't realise, and we were watching the film, I turned to Gary and was just like, Wait, is his surname Freeze? <laughs> his birth certificate actually said Freeze For on it. sake. <laughs> so, <laughs> I suppose it forces everyone into calling him a supervillain name. Like, imagine if he's at the job centre. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Mr. Froster. Oh, that's the spin-off film. Mm. So, yeah, so we get the exposition. Um... I just had to write down dying wife fell into something. Um, and then Poison Ivy is born. Oh, yeah. In the most dramatic, over-the-top, and every gay guy's dream way possible. Like, it was just entertainment gold. She just rises out of the ground, fucking green lights surrounding her. Ugh. I'm not a big fan of the outfit when she came back. Okay, you got to stop this. weird crop top. And um, her hair looked nice. That was a casual wear. Mm, very know. casual. So the Slay Queen is born in a dramatic way. And she gives the uh, evil doctor guy a kiss and kills him. Yeah, she's informed that she looks great. Especially for a dead woman. She's always nice to hear. What a great pickup line. Yeah. And then so she kills him with a poisoned kiss. And um, then starts talking to herself. Yeah, but then... Some it, shit about... I wrote down some shit about being Mother Nature and plants taking back what's rightfully theirs. Well, I wrote down, Slay Queen kisses scientist and kills him and introduces herself as Mother Nature, steals Bane, burns down the lab. What a queen. What a queen. <laughs> she... That is That was just amazing. She's like, I am Mother Nature. Yes, you are, bitch. There we go. So, and then she adopts Bane as a gay best friend, um, burns down the lab, does a runner. And yeah. then, just when you things can't get any more camp, we get Mr. Freeze in some polar bear slippers, <laughs> singing a stupid fucking song about being Mr. White Christmas. And he's shouting at all his employees, all his henchmen, he's like, sing, sing. 
<laughs> yeah, this scene didn't make any sense. No. Really. And then we get a character next with my favourite name from any character in this film. So... You picked up on this. Yes, it's Miss B. Haven. <laughs> and it's a ridiculously underused Vivica A. Fox. She is literally in this scene and says about two lines. Was she not famous at the time then? What what was she in? Oh yeah, we did speak about this. Well, what? she was she was in Kill Bill. She wasn't Kill but Bill. She, yeah. I'm sure she was in some things from the nineties that meant she deserved more than just a, a walk on. <laughs> trying to get it on with Mister Freeze. She is. Yeah, trying to chat him up. Yeah, um, she didn't didn't get anywhere though because he's no. ever got eyes for Nora Freeze. Yes, he only likes dead women. Um. So, yeah, she tries to get it on with him. Then for some reason. He does that thing that really pisses me off in uh, in films where the bad guy gets one... He just got a random henchman out of nowhere and he's like, uh, so this is my evil plan. And he just lays it all out to him. He's like, okay, if he works for you, then there's a good chance he already knows your evil plan. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to freeze Gotham and all that bullshit. He needs a giant diamond. He needs his last giant diamond to freeze... Gotham City. Do you know what the henchman's name was? No. Frosty. Oh, there we are. There we go. So that probably was merchandise for this film. So, um, yeah, he's doing all this to save his dying wife. Yeah, and he goes he goes into the freezer and behind some frozen uh, meals <laughs> is his wife suspended in a glass tube of some form of water. Then we get to see Alfred. Now, this has happened already, but honestly, it's so forgettable that I forgot to mention it. Alfred keeps acting sketchy. And by this, we basically mean he looks at the camera and he goes, and that's it. He just fucking just stands still for a few minutes. Yeah, and we get a few flashbacks throughout the film that show Alfred... Terribly edited flashbacks. Yeah, show Alfred helping to raise Bruce um, Wayne. Yeah, we don't get to see his parents being killed in an alleyway. The only Batman film where you don't see that. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and just, uh, there's this it's, shoehorned it's, yeah. in fucking... This is so forced. Um, Alfred's ill, um, Batman has a heart thing. I honestly... Where he loves Alfred. I thought he had a real illness up until this time watching it, then I realised it's a fucking made-up illness within the film. McGregor syndrome. Yeah. But yeah, so... Um, Which is um, what uh, Dr. Fuck's sake... Well, he's a doctor. Freezes. Nora Freeze has Nora uh, Freeze McGregor's. has McGregor syndrome. Maybe uh, Where her and Alfred... you just Alf- constantly say hello there. Maybe her and Alfred are... Uh, <laughs> what? Fucking Jesus Christ. Maybe her and Alfred are more suited then, instead of her and Mr. Freeze. Imagine Nora and Alfred getting it on. No. Ew. No. Well, I wasn't asking you to actually imagine it, but um, for plot purposes of this film. Okay. Um, so, Barbara arrives, who is his niece. Oh, Babs. You love the uh, the relation between these two, I'm don't you? I'm so confused. So, Alicia Silverstone, you know... She must have... How old must she have been when she filmed this? Like, early, early 20s. 20, it had 20s. to be early 20s. So I thought I misheard that she was Alfred's niece. I thought, like, a great niece. And so... She's in a school uniform, though. She's in a school uniform. Yeah. I think she's at college. Also, 
Alfred is clearly British and she's American. Yeah, yeah. She Alicia Silverstone makes absolutely no effort whatsoever to put on a British <laughs> accent. Even though apparently she's come over from Britain. Yeah. Um, also, Batman and Master Dick are so confused as to who this girl is. <laughs> it's like, okay, so Alfred has been, you know, a butler there for how long? And... Bruce is so self-involved, he had absolutely <laughs> no idea that Alfred had any family. They never. He loves him, but they've never had a sit-down conversation about family or anything like that. No. Had no idea that this niece was over in Britain. She randomly pops up. Oh, it's my favourite niece. Oh, family is so important. I'm not important enough to mention them. <laughs> and... How did he even know what she looks like? If they didn't know... If- Alfred is constantly at Wayne Manor. Yeah. How on earth does he even know what that girl looks like? Exactly. He never would have even fucking visited her or... No. No. For her to have never have visited... So yeah. he must have worked there since Bruce Banner was a young... Bruce Banner? Girl. Bruce Banner. Wrong, wrong universe. Bruce Banner? That's the Incredible Hulk. Okay. It's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. I'm slowly we learning. Need to, we really need to stop recording on Mondays. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Um... Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Ah, so since Bruce Wayne was a young child. Uh-huh. So for Bruce Wayne to have never known about this niece, she must never have visited. He must never have visited her. It just annoys me. Shit like that gets on my nerves well, she didn't. Films. Well, she didn't need to visit because her mum was Gloria Stewart. Her mum, okay. <laughs> so there's a photo of her mum... A black and white fucking photo of her mum on Alfred's <laughs> desk. So Batman must have known that he had a sister because the photo's right there. Mm-hmm. The Bruce Wayne never went into his room and said, oh, who's that? So that's his sister, Gloria Stewart. Who was born in 1910. Who was born in 1910. Gloria Stewart is the old lady from Titanic. Um... That's Alicia Silverstone's mum <laughs> in this film. And it really surprises me that not more is said about this because it's just so weird. Like She must have had her when she was it. about 70 years she old. She must have been. She must have been about like 60, at least 60 years old when she had Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. I don't get it. And it's this kind of stupid, lazy writing that really pisses me off with these films. Because it, it's just stupid. Because I'm sat here and it completely takes me out of the film. Because I'm sat here thinking, how the fuck did the old lady from Titanic give birth to Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> at the yeah. age of 60. Well, it's something you're never going to get an answer to. No, I'm not. I'm uh, fuming, absolutely fuming. If I'm anyone has any theories maybe. about this, please let us know. Yeah, but... Uh, um, I, I, I thought I misheard, but it turns out, no, it is his niece. So, um, yeah, so they convince her to stay, because, as Bruce says, after all, she's family, and then we get a weird shot for about a minute long of nothing. <laughs> They just stand there staring at each other. It's kind of like the editor forgot to cut the scene. It It's so awkward. 
yeah, it, it's it's weird. Um, but then we get to see that Barbara is a dark horse and she goes out motorbiking at night time. Well, Barbara enters Alfred's room and this is where you get the whole mum thing um, and the photo. But he go, she goes in to tuck him into bed. <laughs> Did you not get that? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she goes in and tucks him in because he's ill with his McGregor syndrome. And uh, she goes out biking. But we don't get to see it at this time. No, we have a few hints to it, though. This... Like, I, fucking I, this five is, times. Yeah. So you get a, a series of events where Barbara is sneaking out of the mansion. Stealing their motorbikes. Stealing their motorbikes. And nothing really becomes of it until much later in the film. I mean, let's face it. Bruce Wayne isn't the most polite guy in the world. I don't see why he didn't look at the security first. Like, okay, you... Cheeky little bitch, who do you think you are? Coming in my mansion, stealing my fucking motorbikes. Get the fuck out. Go back to London, you cow. <laughs> so, and if Bruce Wayne spoke like that more often, it'd be way more entertaining in this film. Um, so, Poison Ivy, we get back to her, donning a blonde wig. Bane is now driving her, Bane is her bitch in this film. Yeah. He's driving her around, repeating everything she's saying. Um, she's still talking to us. Well, I mean, even if she's talking to Bane, she's talking to herself. Technically. My There's no assumption conversation out of him. is that she has control over Bane because the venom is hers. That's deep. I didn't even think of that. Because it's come from Mother Nature and she is Mother Nature and she discovered venom, then therefore she has control over him. That's what I got. I just thought Bane was grateful to be in the presence of a slay queen. Me. So, Poison Ivy turns into a boring presentation about a fucking telescope. <laughs> yeah. The first of many... The first of many party scenes in this film. A lot of... Yeah. To celebrate a telescope to being built. To celebrate a telescope. So, yeah. This telescope being built. Um, at, you know, Wayne Enterprises having it built. And because some of the jars at her uh, lab that had the venom in have Wayne Enterprises on them, um, she's fuming with Bruce Wayne, Poison Ivy, so she turns up. She goes full on uh, Greta Thunberg, yeah. don't S- she? She screams, uh, screams in his face about the environment <laughs> at this telescope meeting. And to be honest, it's the most exciting thing that happened How in that scene. You? <laughs> yeah, you're killing the environment, you twat. And, uh, which, which really... <laughs> That should have probably made her uh, the uh, hero of the piece. Yeah. Um, oh, Bruce Wayne is absolutely the villain in this film. <laughs> so she gets laughed at. And then she talks to herself in this room when no one's left the room. Everyone's still there. Yeah. And she, out loud, reveals her plan to take over Gotham and, you know, fill it out with plants. Out loud. Yeah. But no one heard this. No, no. She just randomly talks to herself throughout the whole film. Well, it's soon forgiven because she then makes the best entrance in any film ever made. Although this was taken from another film. Exactly. I know. I was going to say, you've just said that, but it's (laughs) actually completely stolen from another film. Um, So there's another party? This is the party that Bruce Wayne is hosting to lure Mr. Freeze in because he's auctioning off his diamonds. Oh, he is, but also auctioning off women. Auctioning off women and diamonds. Women named after plants. Yeah. Um, Conveniently. Yeah, so these women are being judged solely on their looks and being auctioned off to rich old men. Um, It's very slimy. 
And then there's... Oh, who's the special guests? Oh, I don't know. Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, are they? <laughs> they couldn't have got celebrities in. Batman and uh, Master Dick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so these women are being auctioned off. Uh, the theme is jungle. Yes. I think this, the theme is I think there's Marlene Dietrich. Light cultural appropriation as well. Oh, there absolutely. I think is. there's a little bit there, um, but yeah. But then we get Poison Ivy in a massive gorilla suit, taking parts of the suit off one by one, and <laughs> revealing her beautiful self, which is taken directly from a uh, 1930s Mylene Dietrich film, uh, Blonde Venus. And, uh, yeah, it's done much, much, much better in Blonde Venus. Well, this is much, much more over the top. And I've even put here, this is even gayer than I am. Okay. Because it is just pink. She, okay, can we just acknowledge for a second, she takes the Skrilla outfit off. This big, fluffy pink gorilla outfit. She makes a man catch her when she falls. And then she makes these other men escort her while she's walking over a bunch of other men. That is true. This is unbelievable. This is just... I have no words. And then she gets up on stage. And... And then ruins it. She starts acting like a complete slag. (laughs) She does though, doesn't she? Yeah. A massive... Slurp. She's there and she's basically saying, Oh, hi, boys. The highest bidder can fuck me. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, you're not wrong. She puts herself up for auction. To paraphrase, she puts herself up for auction to the highest bidder. Uh, Batman and Robin are under her spell. Yeah, she uh, basically blows a kiss and it lets out some pink CGI and that puts men into a trance. Um, yeah. So, Batman and Robin enter a bidding war, to which Batman uh, gets his bat card out. He does. Never leave the cave without it. There we are. And basically, for... What an atrocity. Poo nanny. Are you not going to acknowledge the bat card? What? How terrible that is. It's just... Yeah, but it's the kind of silly stuff kids like. Yeah, they love MasterCard jokes. <laughs> Kids, you know, but they'll recognise it from TV, like uh, adverts and stuff. Okay, you want to neglect the back card? We'll move on. So they have their bidding war. Mister Freeze ruins it. Tells everyone to chill. Crashes in. Yeah, and he literally says, "Okay, everyone, chill." And then he takes the diamonds and he says, "Cool party." And the thing is, Poison Ivy then's like, "Oh, hang on, I'll try and use my powers on him." Doesn't work. So uh, she just lets him walk off with the diamonds and decides she wants to team up with him. Yeah. But then we get a very good scene with Commissioner Gordon, a really important scene. <laughs> I didn't get this stuff. So funny. Commissioner Gordon pops up out of nowhere, as he, as he does in this film, goes to Poison Ivy and says, Miss Ivy, you just met one of the most sinister men in Gotham. That's it. That's it. So she walks off and she's like... Gary Oldman would be proud. <laughs> She walks off and she's like, that's not a man, that's a god. And then she starts talking to herself again. Revealing more plans. Revealing Bane is actually there in a fucking gorilla costume. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's it. 
So they have a bit of a chase around CGI Gotham. Batman and some massive statues. Yeah, so many but massive statues. But hollow statues as well. I don't get it. Uh huh. Well, Batman crashes the Freeze Mobile. He puts his cape over Mister Freeze, and next minute, Mister Freeze is apprehended on the floor. Yeah. It was some really weird editing. Like it, it made no sense. It happened so fast. So, Barbara's but going. He just sort of like apprehends him out of nowhere. Yeah. We're meant to think... That he puts this, his cape over him and that's it. Yeah, this is some supervillain. And, you know, all he really does is crash. He puts his cape over him and he's all tied up, ready to go to Arkham Asylum. Uh-huh. Well, we get another scene of Barbara leaving to go biking. No one gives a shit. Arkham Asylum. We get to see Arkham Asylum. Um, Freezer's been delivered in a freezer. Uh, to which he can't live outside of that or a little spot in his room that keeps him cold. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, to be honest, this is where the film, I, I start to lose interest because it starts repeating itself. So just after, it tends to, after this part, sort of be a supervillain crashes somewhere, a ship fight ensues. So and so gets away, you know. A supervision crashes somewhere. Did you not get that? Well, that in the next scene, a supervillain crashes somewhere it's and a shit fight ensues. This is the uh, Lost Boys esque cave, um, except it doesn't look as good as Lost Boys it's cave because neon. it's full of neon lights yeah. and it looks like a shit crazy golf place. Um, and one of the gang there, we. Were they cannibals? Because they were like, oh, you look good enough to eat. Yeah, I thought... Or were they vampires? Was that again... to be. Was that another nod to Lost Boys? Maybe. So, Bane beats him up. Um, Poison Ivy presses his button. He has a button on his chest. And when she pushes it, he fights people. So... Yeah, I suppose that's an injection of extra venom, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, they invade this Turkish bath cave place... Um, beat up the neon gang and then they turn it into uh, one big plant. Yeah. Basically, she plants some seeds. Yeah, there's a big pond in the middle now. Oh, we get some lovely acting from uh, Bruce Wayne's girlfriend. Oh, this is Elle McPherson, um, wonderful supermodel of the nineties. Worst act- actress in this film. Awful actress of the nineties too. She's very, very wooden. Very wooden in this film. Fortunately, she ain't in it too much. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know where this came from. It's just so random. And uh, it's just this boring fucking dinner scene of her begging him to marry her. Essentially, because she's like, oh, we've been dating for just over a year now. When are we going to get married? I'm like, that's a little soon. I know, no, yeah. It's like, so, oh, well, uh, I'm a complicated man. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge on Batman. And uh, then... Confirmed Bachelor. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is a little nod to George Clooney's um, real-life reputation of being a confirmed Bachelor. Yeah. Well... Well, I, I, not, not now, because he's married now, but at, sort of at the time... Well, they have a saucy moment. They have a kiss by the fire. And uh, 
Bruce thinks that she's uh, poison ivy, so apparently he calls her ivy. We don't hear this. No. But uh, no, she's like, who's ivy? Yeah. She, she better be careful by that fire. Yeah. With her acting being so fucking wooden. <laughs> so we get Barbara going fucking racing again, but this time something comes of it, because Robin follows her. Um, we get cameo from Corey Haim and cameo from Corleo. Both were just as uh, relevant as each other back then. Um, oh, that's a bit harsh. Coolio <laughs> would just come off the back of uh, Gangster's Paradise, didn't he? And he accepted... The, uh, well, yeah, I suppose it was a moneymaker, wasn't it? <laughs> Wonder how much you got paid for that cameo. Um, so Too much. Coolio and the bike gang, um, bike racing, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, they... Get some when they're doing the bike racing, we get a lot of woohoo, like kind of Lost Boys esque as well. That's where I thought that must have been a nod to it, surely. Yeah, and a, a few bits look like um, the race from Greece. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but um, okay. So, so this guy's been a bit of a dick. So, uh, to Barbara, she's racing because she's a girl, and girls can't do what boys can do, and uh. He rigs something up or does something where she crashes the motorbike and almost goes off the edge of a bridge. Yeah, Robin saves her. But I don't know how. So, so essentially, she's hanging on the edge. He's there sort of teetering as well, but holding on to her. And then just flash forward, and they're back at the mansion. Yeah, but she also makes some great noises. Ah! Yeah, but I don't, ah. I, I don't get how he saves her. <laughs> like, I thought we were left on a cliffhanger, but it turns out we weren't. He saves her with the power of a pun. What does he say? Oh, I don't know. Something about hanging around. Oh, yeah, some shit about hanging around. Oh, yeah. fuck's sake. While she's literally going, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, then they have a nice civilised conversation back at Wayne Manor. It goes absolutely nowhere. So, but then she tells him she doesn't agree with Alfred being a slave. Yeah, his life of servitude. And then she tells him that he's not very well. And Bruce pops out of nowhere and says, nope, Alfred's not, not very well. He's dying. Like, yeah. <laughs> How do you know? I can just tell. Yeah, he could just tell. <laughs> That's his medical explanation. He could just tell. <laughs> so He's one of those sniffer dogs that can smell uh, <laughs> McGregor's syndrome. Yeah. Well, Mr. Freeze then makes a dancing ice sculpture out of nothing in prison. Battery yeah. powered and everything. <laughs> so, then Poison Ivy and... And Bane show up and uh, free Mr. Freeze. Yeah, do you get do you get visitors in Arkham Asylum? Uh, yeah, do you get visitors that were visibly seen? Yeah, you know, having a nice conversation with you at the place where you just stormed. But yeah, okay. um, unless she uh, used her womanly ways. Oh, of course she would have. Guards. Yeah, we get to see the uh, Riddler's costume and Two Faces outfit. With how tight that Riddler costume was on Jim Carrey, I really hope that's been fucking washed. Um, Batman and Robin, they uh, invade Mr. Freeze's uh, hideout, find Nora, and uh, have a fight with Bane, with another pun. No beauty, just the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Um, 
Poison Ivy pops up, says that she's not a lover. That sorry, she's a lover, not a fighter. Because um, they click on that, obviously, you know, she's not all there. And uh, she's like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's why every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him. About Bane. Yeah. I don't really get that. Is that a nod towards Joel Schumacher being made to made a f- make a film for action figures? Maybe. I don't know. I, I hope that's in Throne Shade. Yeah. It's not particularly juicy. It's a dumb line, but... anyway. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah so then it ends up being more like Batman and Robin fighting rather than them fighting with Poison Ivy because uh, Robin seems to think that, you know, she wants him and uh, that Batman's jealous. So Robin decides he's going solo after he's thrown in some green paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. This doesn't really go anywhere. No. And that's why I'm just... Go for it because this is just pointless. Because it just, yeah, because they, they argue a little and oh, I'm going to go it alone, but he never actually does. So next time you see them when they're together and then it's like, well, she loves me more than you. Just, it's that constantly for the rest of the film until, yeah. until the end. Well, Poison Ivy figures out that um, she goes and finds Nora and uh, gets a little jealous because she wants to go on Mr. Freeze. So she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm killing his wife. Yeah, she does. Yeah, so pulls the plug. Pulls the plug. Literally pulls the plug. Pulls the plug. I mean, she obviously is a PG, so she survives. Um, so uh, then she goes and tells Mr. Freeze that Batman killed his wife. Yeah, and then she crashes a party, another party. I don't know what this party's for. Which does she? The- yeah, which one's this for? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, it's another party. Which... Is this the actual telescope party? Maybe. I think the first party was to announce the telescope. And this is the real telescope party. Oh. I'm sure she does. Ivy written down, Ivy crashes another party. Are you sure? Because the next note I've got for Poison Ivy is the whole uh, her and Robin meeting up. Oh, no. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because then she seduces Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she seduces him to get him to uh, rip the bat signal down and replace it with a Robin signal. Yes, yeah. How elaborate. So Batman and Master Dick argue again. So yeah. this is just... It's Poison Ivy crashes a party or Mr. Freeze crashes a party. Batman and Robin argue ever so slightly. Um, like they're a fucking married couple. Uh, Alfred, you know, is ill. Well, I've actually got written down here, Alfred has Ewan McGregor syndrome. Robin has Anakin Skywalker syndrome. So he's just a whingy little bitch. He's just like, <laughs> you don't get me. You don't understand. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, he's not a likeable character. And none of them are likeable, really. But it's the same shit over and over again in this film. Yeah. This is where I stopped paying attention. This is actually the moment where I stopped paying attention. Well, lucky for you and lucky for me, I was paying attention. And Barbara (laughs) then tries accessing Alfred's super secret CD-ROM. And it was making for his brother, Winfred, or whatever his fucking name is. Come on, CD-ROM. Yeah, so she gets CD-ROM. She's guessing all these different passwords. And it turns out the password is Peg for uh, Margaret. Peg, Peg, Peg you know, is the nickname. Peg, short for Margaret. 
Peg was the nickname that Alfred gave uh, his old, old sister, fucking Gloria Stewart. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so that's his password for his CD uh, ROM. Yeah, when she puts the password in correctly, a lovely 90s Batman and Robin screensaver comes up. Um, you see the reflection on her face, it's that bright. It lights up the whole of her fucking face. Um, so is this the moment in the film where she realises that Bruce and Master Dick it's really are weird Batman because and Robin? She doesn't really. Because she doesn't... She must have seen, like, the motorbikes. Yeah, the motorbike literally has a fucking bat on it. Yeah. <laughs> but then she doesn't actually act surprised. No. She... she She's pleased. Well, I mean, let's face it. If she's heard Batman's voice or seen Robin, as she knows. Yeah, so I kind of think that she knew all along. And that's what she was looking for. And why would Alfred have given all of the Batman CD-ROM shit to his brother? How how the fuck does Alfred know that his brother's not going to go out and like, oh yeah, I'm going to sell this to the press? Yeah, I'll just give it to Bruce. Yeah, like, did Alfred try and uh, sabotage Batman? I don't know. There? Why would you give it to his random brother? Who, Alfred, the real villain in all of this? Who lived, you know, far, far away. Well, Alfred has a conversation with Bruce. They talk about death for a bit, because that's really what kids want to hear. Um, they talk about death and how it's inevitable. Um, the exchange I love you is Bruce, Bruce gives him a kiss. Um, and then Barbara... Somehow goes into the back cave, and there's a fucking big screen with Alfred's big face on it, and he's like, uh, "This is my brain hooked up to the screen. You're Batgirl now, or some shit like that." Oh, I knew you'd find out. I knew sleeper. you'd find it. I knew you'd find the blueprint. Oh, and then she's like, "Suit me up, Uncle Alfred," and oh. she does. Yeah, she suited up, and we get some back in tips. a show of equality. <laughs> um. <laughs> She gets her own crotch, ass, nipple. Yeah. Um, Same sequence. Medley. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we get all that. And then uh, Robin gets his signal, so that gives him a hard-on. He has to go see Poison Ivy about that. Um, and he goes to see it, and I Poison Ivy is looking just like Divine. Yeah. She's in a flower chair. Oh, hang on. No, before that, Mr. Freeze hijacks the telescope, freezes Gotham. Oh, yeah, so... Oh, okay, so Mr. Freeze uh, crashes... <laughs> Two of the worst actors in the film. <laughs> yeah. So well, oh, oh, no, not Mr. Freeze! Oh! <laughs> they genuinely look like they're straight out of a fucking cartoon. They are. It's so sad that these two get more uh, screen time than Vivica A. Fox. Yeah. So he turns up, freezes them, freezes Gotham. Um, Robin goes for his booty call to uh, Poison Ivy. And uh, she's sitting in a flower bed. And uh, she he basically starts asking her questions about Mr. Freeze. She gives him a kiss and it turns out... Oh, no. Before that, she tells him that she's slippery when wet. Mm. Yeah. Aren't we all? Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> do you think that's a Bon Jovi reference? Yeah, yeah, it's the 90s. Yeah. Oh, she was just talking about a fanny, one of the two. So, um, they have a kiss. Uh, Robin's wearing rubber lips. Rubber lips. Do you think that's uh, 
Metaphor for safe sex. Oh. Oh, I haven't even got it right down. I've thought of that on the, on the spot. Well done, you. Thanks. I don't think it is, but... Anyway, it, that's more thought than Joel Schumacher put into that, anyway. So, I should be credited for that. So, uh, they have a... Well, they don't have a fight, because she throws him in some water that he can't swim out of. Yeah, he keeps getting tangled in it. Batman turns up, gets snatched by some plants, and then Batgirl shows up for the ultimate bad bit showdown. Yeah, yeah, they have a tepid fight, don't they? Yeah, Poison Ivy checks the reflection in a flick knife. She does. Another reason why I love her so much. But then, she just gets kicked into her plant chair, which decides to swallow her up. The plant chair didn't want to do this before. Yeah. You know, when she was sitting in it, but it decides now it's time to eat her up. And she says... What does she say? Oh, how do you not know? I don't know, I stopped caring. She says... Curses! Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, I assumed it was going to be a pun. And then... No, that's it. And then they uh, all group up. Batman, Robin, and uh, Batgirl. Mm. And... Uh, well, prior to this, this will be important in a few minutes. Poison Ivy says, I'll kill you like I killed Nora Freeze or Ooh. whatever. So then they all group up. And then they tell a couple of jokes about Batgirl. Like, ha-ha, Batgirl's a girl. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, That's not PC. Should, <laughs> should you be Bat-person? You're Bat-person, even though I'm Batman. Yeah, hey. So, oh, shall we kill her? Because she knows about us. They all have a laugh and then uh, move on. So, they... Uh, I, I mean, why weren't they like, okay, how the fuck have you got this co- costume? Who made this costume? Where has this came from? Yeah, it would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Why the fuck is our butler telling you that we're superheroes? Yeah. So, yeah, so then they go out, um, get on their uh, bat vehicles. Um, She's got her own one. If Barbara randomly turned up out of nowhere... Yeah, they weren't expecting her. Then... Does that mean Uncle Winfred was going to (laughs) wear the bat kill suit? (laughs) But then Alfred would have... Gotten everything together very quickly. Oh, yeah. And for an ill man, that's quite impressive. Uh huh. Stage, stage one McGregor syndrome. So, yeah, they say let's kick some ice or Mr. Freeze. Someone says let's kick some ice. Just thought I'd put that out there. So, uh, they go to uh, the telescope tower, the lighthouse or whatever it is, and they're like, no sign of the snow, man. And then uh, Batgirl says, maybe he melted. And Batman says, no, he's hibernating. Yeah. Yeah, triple pun. Um, then it's Robin and Batgirl versus Bane. And uh, Batman versus Mr. Freeze. Oh, and this is part of the, this is the one I really, this sequence really got on my nerves. Because it was just constantly like people fall in. And yeah. then use it. What's that thing they shoot Back out? Back grapple thing. <coughs> it just it. It felt like the whole scene was just people falling and then using the back grapple. Yeah, pretty much was. Um, they kick Bane's venom out of him. He turns into a uh, little skinny guy. Yeah. Um. Then Batman says, "Hey, freeze! The heat is on." 
he uh, defrosts those stupid fucking employees and like, hey, Batman's here. Oh, ho, ho, Batman, way. Hey, it's Batman saving the day. Way. Um, <laughs> and then, unfortunately, they survived the film. They do. Batman um, puts his put those stupid employees. He, they're falling down off the lighthouse. He should have just left them. But no, he saves them and he uh, puts them on a rock. It doesn't How look does like there's any way of them getting back up. How does he save them? Well, <laughs> back grapple, of course. Back grapple. But um, he uh, yeah, just puts them on a rock. There's no way of them getting back to civilization. There's no. That's not so maybe really. he did kill them, but just maybe. a really slow and painful death. Like, Thank you, Batman. Well, no, you've just been left to die. Um, so Batman uh, goes back to Mr. Freeze, who he's uh, defrosted as well. And... Um, he somehow shows him video footage of when Poison Ivy admits to killing his wife. Who the fuck was filming that? I don't know. And it's a perfect angle as well. It's the exact angle that we saw in the film. <laughs> Do you think Batman was like, Joel Schumacher, just borrow a bit of footage, please. Uh, I've got to show a bad guy, uh, another bad guy, admitting to killing his wife. Yeah, it's that... Conveniently. Found footage. Found yeah. footage. Um... Yeah, and then he makes a deal with him. He's like, look, we'll save your wife, even though she's been unplugged for hours and should technically be a rotten corpse by now. Um, we'll save your wife if you happen to save Alfred. Yeah. So uh, he finds Mr. Freeze agrees to that, gives him the antidote to save him. The antidote for McGregor's syndrome. For McGregor's syndrome. Yeah. Mr. Freeze gets put back in Arkham um, and turns up to... Uh, Give uh, Poison Ivy a good telling off. Yeah, they're roommates in the end, aren't they? She's mm-hmm. looking dishevelled. Yeah. Um, Alfred, somehow, this antidote makes uh, makes him look better than he's ever done. He makes a miracle recovery. <laughs> he's great. He's up and about and like, ha ha! Remember when good. you were dying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they're like, uh, well... You know what? You know we're Batman and Robin now. You've got your bat suit, Batgirl. Should we be partners? And like partners, they do the high school musical thing where they'll put their hands out, put them on each other. And then... Uh, the high Alfred... school musical thing? Yeah, where you put your hands out, you'll put them on each other. Is like Power Whoa. Rangers? Oh yeah, it's the 90s. Of course I'm doing Power Duh. Rangers. Anyway, um, Alfred says we're going to need a bigger cave. One last pun. No, you're not, because there's not going to be a sequel. <laughs> Let's kill the franchise. Yeah. Um, then we get a cheesy run from uh, Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> yeah, we do, yeah. And, uh, from Only Fools and Horses. Then we get a song from Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, and that's it. That's the end of the film. Thank fuck. Chris, that was your decision. That was that my decision. That was entirely on you. And I, I thought we could, you know reintroduce ourselves to a film that I thought had maybe been misjudged. It was, but it was misjudged by me. Yeah. (laughs) Because I enjoyed it when I was younger. And Lord knows I did not enjoy watching it last night. It was not a fun film. No. It was stupid repetitive 
annoying. A lot of the characters were annoying. Um, dumb. I, I just thought it was really dumb, really dense. Just, there was nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, we agree, but I, I think I think that's because we're critically analysing it. It is a terrible film. I'm not going to deny that. But I think if we watched that with an audience, um, say like one of those trash cinema events, I think it'd be a lot of fun still. Yeah, potentially, but that you know that's not how that's not how the we want to watch no. all films. If I'd sat there and you know, if I was by myself and I'd put it on the TV, I'd go, "Oh, Batman and Robin, I'll watch that." I remember loving that when I was younger. I would have been on my phone after the first <laughs> half an hour. I would have been... Yeah, I don't watch it alone. It's not as fun when you watch it alone. But, uh, I mean, that's what we do. We, you know, we pick apart bad films, pick apart good films. But when we pick apart bad films, the point of them is they're, you know, so bad they're good. And, you know, to a level, to a certain level that is, it's, you know, it's got all the elements there for it, but there are a lot of boring moments where it's... Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's... It's definitely a product of its time. Oh, yeah. Where toy sales were a massive commodity, you, you know. Um, oh, it just... It just hasn't aged well at all. And I, I mean, it was a critical bomb at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but even, you know, now it's just seems cheap. Yeah. And cheesy and... Oh, and it left the uh, Batman film franchise dead for uh, many years until it was rebooted in 2005, Batman Begins. Yeah, I, f- I think the animated series took the reins, didn't it? Um, yes. Wasn't there an animated series that was around the, the same 90s. time? That was throughout the 90s, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, excuse me. But, um, yeah, um, the uh, nearest thing in turn you get to that since then is uh, Justice League. Which you've not been fortunate enough to watch yet. No, no. That's, yeah. I mean, uh, not a lot is quite as bad as uh, as Batman and Robin, but the nearest thing in tone would be that. It's so, nominated yeah. for a lot of Razzies. We like to talk about Razzies. Oh, yeah, what Razzies did it get? So it, was, it only won one, and that was Worst Supporting Actress for Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> very, very harsh. <laughs> I thought that was a bit harsh, considering Al McPherson was in the film. Oh, I know. Uh, it was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Screen Couple for uh, George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, <laughs> Worst Supporting Actor for Chris O'Donnell, Worst Supporting Actor for Arnie, Worst Supporting Actress for Uma Thurman, Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, when they're fighting and they don't give a shit about anything around them. Worst remake or sequel. Worst director. Worst screenplay. And worst original song for The End is the Beginning is the End (laughs) by Billy Corgan. Is that what that film was called? The End? That's what that song was called. Smashing Punkage. Yeah, the song's like called The End is the Beginning is the End is the Beginning is the Beginning is the End is the Beginning. The Beginning is the End. That's a great music video. Billy Corgan showing off his dick and his tight trousers. You're obsessed. Okay, we watched that music video yesterday. Are you telling me I'm wrong? You listen to... You read one fact 
about Joel Schumacher okay. being a, a man whore. How do we know Joel Schumacher directed that music video? <laughs> That's probably Billy Corgan's choice. Probably. That is his wardrobe. I'm just pointing out that that video had a lot of... Uh, a lot of tight trousers. Yeah, this is the crutchiest episode yet. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Join please. us next week for our uh, an- analysis of uh, the Smashing Pumpkins music video for <laughs> this is the beginning to the end to the beginning to the beginning oh, the please. end <laughs> with Billy Corgan's dick. But no, next week we are talking about the Evil Dead ripoff Demon Wind, which is so much better than Batman and Robin. I've it's never actually seen a it. fun film. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's cheesy. Mm. It's just cheesy, over the top, great practical effects. Been a while since I watched it, but uh, yeah, I think you'll like it. Cool, good. For good or bad reasons. Yeah, so check us out on social media. We are Horrorcore Trash on Twitter, Horrorcore Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, give us a Give us a review, um, rate us, share it, you know, subscribe, all the usual. Uh, like and follow us on everything else. Uh, I am Gazmo205 on Instagram, GazChris92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, so uh, until next week, stay cool. <laughs> stay cool. Uh, don't hang around. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Puns. So, same time, same place next week. Bye.